Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gil, I'm not wearing a watch, but what time is it? Himalaya time. There it is. You know what time it is. Because the podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters. Well, were your favorite podcasters. Mm-hmm. Your other favorites. Your other. The second other others. Or, second or third or yeah. fifth. Yeah, favorite. the guys in the rear view. <laughs> uh, show them some love too. Everyone needs some love. Uh, by using Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every day. Go to the App Store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget, well, you already are following the No Chill Podcast. Of course. If you're not... Get your ass to the computer and do what you're supposed to do. Get on board, or, <laughs> or the app. Oh, yes, the app. On your phone. Yeah, I'm old school. You still. don't have a computer. I know, I'm old school. That's why I said it's yeah. usually downloaded on a computer or some shit. <laughs> yeah, get it. What, whatever works for you, mm-hmm. get on board. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we talk to the founder, the creator, the oracle of the basketball highlight, Matt Rodriguez, a ball is life. For Matt, ball really is his life. He is passionate about highlighting key players, key plays, key moves that really make the game special. For Gil, it's about highlight culture. How as fans, we crave highlights of dunks, blocks, crossovers, things like that. But for players, they watch highlights to add to their bag, to innovate and develop their game. So we get into that. We also talk to Matt about the marketing behind Ball is Life and the importance of branding and how that has changed the game from everything that they've got into in the early days of YouTube and social media, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, and how massively they've grown on Instagram. So it was really important for us to find out how it works. The man behind the machine that is Ball's Life, that's Matt Rodriguez. It's a really special and unique version of the No Chill Podcast. We hope you like it. As always, you can get every episode early on the Himalaya app. And of course, we're wherever you get your podcast. And be sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to the No Chill channel on YouTube. All right, Gil, we have... One of the masters of the internet mm-hmm. with us today, <laughs> Matt Rodriguez. I don't know if you've ever been called that before, Matt, but I have that's not. what we think of you. So Matt Rodriguez, the brains, the founder, the starter, the, the oracle of basketball highlights, <laughs> ball is life. Yes, yes, yes. Here with us. At Thank the you table. for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so Gil has said that, that that's somebody that's interesting to talk to because everything that you're doing with the big three Ball's life is right there, and what they recognize is, well, first of all, it's your the statement that you make. Ball is life, mm-hmm. which was an expression that was out there before, but it is really true. Mm-hmm. For for a player, it's what your whole world exists around year round, twenty four seven, and also from a fan's point point of view, it's part of your life too. Basketball has no off season; there are no breaks. We're fascinated by every part of the game, the stories, the highlights. 
a competition. So with you here today, Matt, what we want to find out, first of all, how did it start? What was the origin of all this life? Um, that'll go back to when I was like, I want to say 17, 18 years old. I used to watch a lot of N1 mixtapes. <laughs> so when you talked about hot sauce before we, we started this, like that was the guy that like blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Of course, I grew up on MJ. So that was for regular, real traditional basketball. That was the person I like to watch all the time. But then when I saw this guy doing all these illegal, crazy tricks, but it was okay. I was just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So it kind of, what it did for me is that it showed me that at that time you can go and create like your own content because mm -hmm. when you would go to like M1 mixtape tours and they'd have like the open runs, you'd have all these guys out there, but you'd also have like their friends filming them with cameras mm -hmm. yeah. to make videos for them afterwards. <clears throat> so that kind of turned me and a few of my friends on to at the time start creating our own basketball videos and we wanted to have a place to put it online. At that time, the only place you could really find basketball videos was like forums or random websites that nobody really knew how to get to them, so you had to favor them. The dark web? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like before YouTube was really popping, like MySpace was still around, mm -hmm. so everybody, Tom was your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean, we, we decided to create a destination where everybody can come watch the videos that we made. We weren't really making videos on ourselves, but... At first, we would kind of start out doing more NBA and college videos, and then we came up with the concept of let's go to high school games because we would always hear all these stories, which I'm sure you have mm -hmm. plenty of stories in high school about all these things that you used to do, whether it was in the game, how many points you scored, the teams you beat. We would hear all these like legendary stories that were almost mythological. Yeah. How did that happen? So for us, it was like, let's go out and capture that content and put it up on, on our website mm -hmm. that we created. So that's kind of like how the idea first started. Um, we made the logo and everything in a friend of mine's garage. Like at the time, we were all like 18, 19 years uh -huh. old. Just, man, let's, let's create this website. Let's, let's, let's put something out there so that we can put like our video work out there. So as time went along, <clears throat> I eventually moved to Southern California. I'm originally from Santa Rosa, uh -huh. up north of San Francisco. Um, Warriors fan, by the way, when... Young actually, Gilbert, when you were there. I was really ticked when you left. Oh, bro! Because <laughs> you remember when you were about to leave. Side story, real quick. Muscleman, who was the coach at the time, they're like, "So, what's your plan? What's your option A and option B?" And he was like, "Gilbert Arenas is our option A, B, and C." <laughs> yeah. <right now." laughs> and then you you signed with the Wizards, but I was still I was actually a really big fan of yours and just that whole team. They were just like so fun to watch. Yeah, <clears throat> just the rules at that time you know, wasn't in play. And um, it, it, it's it's kind of weird thinking about it now that that I'm the first second-round player ever to outplay that veteran minimum. Or not the veteran. Um, back then it was the mid-level exception. So that means in my two years, I did that much damage to – to make you guys actually change the rule for the future, you know, and <laughs> it's like, Arenas rule. that's what I'm saying. And so now thinking about it, it's like, Hey, maybe I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I did really come out the gate really fast oh, for yeah. them to change a whole rule, yep. you know? And so it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But you also, you could have been the face of ball's life. You just stayed there and Matt was up in the Bay. 
Uh, high school. History would have been different. Yeah. High school. I was out of high school already. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, and I think, Matt, you know this. Younger guys are way more into content. Just I think it's a natural thing. You consume more, especially we see guys are on their phones, that they understand the different platforms, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. You know, and when you're older, player, a veteran, let's say, you, you're not really worried about that because you have so much that's already coming your way from Sports Center to, you know, all features or Sports Illustrated and things like that. You know, in high school, and it, it makes a lot of sense why you would start with high school. High school is it's called it's a lost place for Sports Center. Like for you to be for you to get on Sports Center as a high school player, you would have have to have done something so amazing. Yeah, you hit like a three-quarter court shot. Yeah, you would have to do something so amazing when, because you got, you know, the NBA, you know, college, a little bit of overseas, but to be a high school kid to get on SportsCenter was huge. I mean, who the first one to do that? Think about it, probably LeBron. I don't know. But I mean, if you look at LeBron at that time period, because he graduated the same year as me, I'm 03. You had to play on TV, mm-hmm. so you would have had to do something crazy or be a, a major level player to even get to that TV, TV game. Yeah. And then when you get to that TV game, you have to perform on TV to get on Sports Center. Yeah, like how many how many Vince Carter dunks from his high school days made it to Sports Center? None, none, none. But we can assume he was dunking yeah. on a hope. But that's what I'm saying. So that high school era is was lost. Growing up, you know, I have 30 damn 30 something points a game my, I, my whole career, which you don't get to see. So imagine all these superstars that, you know, that from the 90s, early 2000s, 80s, that has all this highlight that was not seen. So yep. when you fast forward to now and you get to see that high, like I was watching something, I'm like, Jesus Christ, these high school kids are. <laughs> Fuck! They would have they they so killed us. And well, Matt, you know, like there's so much more prepared for the camera. I think because there's so many more cameras on them. I, I think I was talking to Frank Robinson about this, and I think we were talking about did your dad film games? Somebody's he said somebody, but yeah, my high school coach filmed everything. Okay, because we, I mean, I remember we. There's always somebody's dad with the camcorder on a tripod up in the bleachers, but that's there. There is footage. It wasn't. To the extent of what it is now, but somebody's dad no, I mean, was up there. Okay, now now footage is it's to highlight someone, to make someone. We're gonna put this guy up there, put yeah, these stars friendly. up there. Like then you didn't have it. You didn't well, have. Well, you could see maybe you saw Vince Dunk, no. but it was from so high up. You squ- it was grainy, no, and you no, might not be in. No. There's no footage of you don't see Dick Vince dunking on many people. You barely see his college dunking. There's some. There's yeah. actually some footage of him dunking in high school, school, and it's it's amazing to watch. But that's some, that's you something you guys got to. Like but six 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 seven just destroying. But as I said, that's something you got to mm-hmm. find. You know, like you yeah. know, you, you guys are trying to find and go out like Tracy McGrady in high school. You barely had the Kobe. I don't know if that was just one game they had him in high school, but freshman, sophomore, junior. Where is this? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like. Now you get to actually follow players from all over the, you know, like I mean, when I was coming in high school, I didn't even know the, the the East Coast existed, you know, until they came here, and then when they came here, it's like, oh, uh, uh, okay, that's so that's Demar Johnson, that's the, 
the number one player. Okay, he's from D.C. Well, and then you're just sitting there just realizing, Jesus Christ, yep. this game is bigger, bigger than <laughs> this game is bigger. Is, well, it's also the legend, right? There, you Back then, not, you're not that old, but there was the word of mouth, you know, the stories. That, I don't know, somebody like, uh, like DeMar for sure. Was a, Who? Ur, there was an urban legend about this player. Uh, oh, DeMar like, Johnson? Yeah, somebody like that. Or no, like, I mean the urban legends then or like, like the Shea Cotton. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Dewan Wagner. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you know, these guys, kid scores 100. T- a guy in my class where, you know, he ended up eventually taking me for, you know, um, scoring leader, Teddy Dupay, some guard out of Florida. Never, never seen him. Never seen a fucking highlight of him. Just heard, like, this, this white kid in Florida somewhere is... Scoring just like crazy and like Teddy Dupay and this just that name just stuck Teddy Dupay Teddy Dupay yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm fighting this fucking invisible ghost somewhere <laughs> somewhere in this world named Teddy Dupay that I've never seen never watched a highlight of him just know he averaged like 45 50 points a game <laughs> that's what I said I've never never seen the guy not in one highlight not in one tournament no nothing just knew. He was the goat the of, of scoring, and it was like, I got like I wish I had the baller's life, right, right, so, the baller's <laughs> life right now. Where is this guy so I can see who he is? But even someone like Dewan Wagner, who went straight from high school to pros, the, yeah, no, he, he, no, he went to Memphis. Oh, that's right, that's right. But he scored a hundred in a game in high school. Have we ever seen that footage? No. Nope. What kind and, of competition and, was he going against? And that was fourth. Yeah, that was fourth in his high school. Yeah, because that's where was that where Larry was. Who? Larry Hughes. Who? Larry Hughes. Well, he was from St. Louis. No, he's from New Jersey. Dewan? Oh, shit. He doesn't know shit. That's a long time ago. <laughs> huh? Dewan Wagner. Dewan Grant is from New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but also, you couldn't see these guys until probably a camp, right? Like a five-star? Or like, yeah. ABC. Like, you know, then it was basically how the camps are now. But, you know, these camps here are like fucking, what, every week now? Yeah, they have events going on. Weekly, once the spring starts. Yeah, back then it was you know the big time tournament in Vegas. You know the the, the tournament here, five star camp, Adidas camp, Nike camp, you know Peach Jam. You know, but you had to be like elite and teams, ABCD. huh? ABCD. Yeah, ABCD. You had to be like elite to get on those, you know, those um into that group. So if you wasn't, you know, if you're some kid in the valley, you're not gonna, you know. So it was basically it's 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 better now because. Like hidden talent gets seen. Well, even Zion, from a small town in South Carolina, obviously he blew things up as a what a sophomore. The end of his sophomore year. From his uh, from his high was his junior year. Yeah, Actually, the beginning. Yeah, his, beginning of his, his junior. sophomore year, he started coming out playing more like travel ball. But then his junior year, he just started smashing on all these little kids in his conference, <laughs> doing the mills on them. <laughs> it was it was a highlight reel every game. <clears throat> so when did when did when did it start like turning over for you? Like, is like which there has to be a player, there has to be that one player that really caught everyone's eye that you guys were featuring. Well, there's a couple of moments. There's one that we had in 06, we were following Derrick Rose mm. at the time, and we posted a clip of him, and it got like 30,000 views overnight, and it shut the server down. Because uh, they weren't really built for video, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even a big video; it was probably like three or four megabytes. Uh-huh. 
super small. <laughs> D Rose broke the internet. Yeah, he broke the internet for us. I didn't even know how people found it to be honest, because it's not like we were big as a website back then. Um, and then aside from him, when I first came down here uh, later in '06, I started following Demar Derozan a lot at mm. Compton High. Um, his videos did really, really well, and I got to know him and the whole team, and even some folks at the school. So it was, that one was more like me getting to know a community mm-hmm. in that sense, which was awesome. <clears throat> was that Brandon Jennings' years too? When I came down here, Brandon Jennings just left a. Oh, he, oh, so you just missed yeah. him. But, I mean, we still follow Brandon mm-hmm. a lot, like, during spring, summer. Um, but, yeah, he because he left the Oak Hill, I was just like, man, I wish yeah, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So, back then, technology, or even social platforms, you, were, you guys were early on YouTube. Yeah. Which is really important. But um, you said MySpace. And then, what, at what point do you go from your own website to driving people to other platforms. And, and for a lot of people, they don't want that. They want to get you on their platform and keep you there. And you guys recognize, no, it's important for us to be big on Twitter. It's important. This well, actually, is before Instagram. Initially, we wanted to push everybody to our website for a long time. And then as more competition comes in, they force you to change how you do things. So it's like, if you don't post something on there, they will. Yeah. And they're at the same games you are. When we first started out, we were the only ones in the gym. Mm-hmm. Now there's a line of people filming from various different companies from their own channel to Mm -hmm. the bleach reports of the world now so for us it was like we have to post it on these other platforms and when we post it on these other platforms we need to make sure like we're first to market Mm -hmm. and not only are we first to market but we're putting out premium good highlights we don't want to just put anything out that i mean you technically we can with how many followers (laughs) we are on instagram like put whatever we want out but for us, it was like, no, just put out the best stuff mm-hmm. and be true to the name Ball is Life. So what exactly is that when you say it's the best stuff from a messaging standpoint? What were you always saying? This has got to be our, our benchmark. This is going to be our standard when it comes to story, messaging, and what we want our what we want our audience to connect with. I think the biggest thing in the basketball world is like, and I'm sure you guys can both attest to this being fans of basketball, is like, you don't want to do something all the time just to get clicks. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you will, but for the most part, I want you and I want you when you think of Ball's Life to think like, no, they have a voice that I respect. Mm-hmm. So whatever you do put out, you want people to respect that, and you don't want them to leave saying like, nah, fuck Ball's Life. Like yeah, yeah. they do this or they do that. Like you want them to always respect it. So I can't give you like a pure answer on the sense of like exactly what i would put out but it's really just staying true to the game of basketball as much as you possibly can i would say this as a player it resonates with everybody versus we've we've talked about this lately clickbait and hot takes and debate stuff well that i mean you know their sites don't do that no um um it's more like a, a like sports center style but for the youth um which believe it or not helps the mm-hmm. NBA. See, there's this there's this false illusion that the youth watches the NBA for moves. So, like, when you get a trainer, they're trying to teach the youth to do all these NBA moves when it's actually backwards. Mm-hmm. The dinosaurs are the NBA players because you got to remember, once they make it to the NBA, they forget they forget backwards. So they don't look down. They only can see what they see. So they're perfecting their craft 
and the fadeaway and this and this and this. They don't see all these new moves these young kids are creating. So the first time we see him is when a Trey Young comes to the NBA and we already have Steph Curry and we have Kyrie. So when Trey Young comes to the NBA and he has all these new moves and like, How did, where did he get them from? Yeah, uh, it's evolu- It's called evolution's coming. <laughs> <laughs> like his evolution's coming and he's coming with this new package. And all these other kids are coming with this new package. So by the time the NBA gets it, we've been hit with it. Just like when I said the 80s players and the 90s players wouldn't do well in today's game. Because when evolution came, you actually wasn't ready for it at that moment. When Iverson came with the left-to-right elongated crossover, you guys was not ready for it. You guys got embarrassed. Same thing when D-Wade came with the pullback backwards, you know, when that pullback between the legs and everybody was falling, he was dropping. Ginobili with the Euro step, Like, the, you, when evolution comes, you're not ready for it because it's something you haven't seen. So you can't say, ah, I can stop it. If when you first seen the first one of it, you couldn't stop it. I feel like the game is also evolved in the sense of rule changes too, though. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It support that. So it's tough to really, because I go on this debate with the guys all the time, is it's tough to really say like one group is better than the other. The only thing you can say is that the newer generation has to learn from the prior generation and they're great at the game that they're playing today well the newer generation has more to learn from there's more there's more in the archives and yep. archives as as for what like somebody coming up today Take can learn to from you because you learned from the from the generation well you. yes and no um if i'm playing today there's nothing I can watch in the 80s or in the 90s that helps me today because you got to remember the rules have changed. Hand checking, um, three seconds. I mean, not three seconds, but like yeah, but the, the found, fake zone. The foundation of basketball, though. Yeah, I mean, you watch found, like, right, But when it comes to like moves and how to move people, how to move bodies, you know, you got to remember if you look at Lou Williams and his style of reaction, like I'm driving. I stop, you hit me, I, you're not going to find that in the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s, you know, because that wasn't the rule then. It's learning the rules and then adapting your, your skill level around those rules. Um, what you can learn from is the only cheat code I see is defense mm-hmm. because defense doesn't change. The same methods are there. Push them this way, push them that way, push them. So if you already have the rules itself, it's easily to craft your offense around it. Um, human behavior, you know, what an athletic guy does in his 70s, 80s, and 90s will still be what a jumper does today. Um, so, I mean, you can, there's, there's things you can learn, but because the rules change so much, it's really hard to, like, to pick up, like, you know, like when Kobe picked up Jordan's fadeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense. Um, you know, someone trying to do the whole Jordan imitation reaction. Ah, ah, you look stupid doing it in today's. <laughs> like, you look stupid. Just like, uh, you should just dunk that because someone's about to smack the shit but out of But actually, that. I would jump in on that real quick. A lot more guys are actually doing that now. 
they have that in their like D Rose could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everyone has the. Mo- but, but when Jordan did, to... it was like, oh shit, for the first we've time. never seen so, that before, yeah. right? Like, so he was an improviser. He learned from guys like Dr. J or David Thompson. But this is it. it's it's evolution. We all we all learn and take and boom, boom, boom. Like you, you, I take something and then I improve it. Someone takes it, improves it, takes it, improves it, takes it, improves it. That's how it is. Like if you look at the dunk contest. There's nothing a guy from today can look at a 70s or 80s dunk contest and say, all right, I'm going to take this and then I'm going to improve it. Well, well. But additionally, the stuff they're learning today wouldn't have been possible if the person before them that they learned it from yeah, didn't learn it from. True, but I can't go back and look at ground one of a windmill and say, all right, I'm going to. Put my take on it. No, no, no. There's been thirty pretty nasty windmills. But there's thirty windmills that's <laughs> there's thirty windmills that's been evolved since then. So I can't say, all right, he did the windmill like that. Let me go with Wait, the double windmill. Wind, you can't even do a windmill in a dunk contest. Yeah, but as I said, it's like I can't even Unless do the double jump over a car. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But even like the wit, like it's been it's been added on to the point where it's so <laughs> it's so evolved. I mean, even okay. So Dr. J, pretty sure he started the free throw line dunk, right? So Dr. J did it. Jordan did it with a little more drama, I uh-huh. guess, at the time, and there were more eyes on him. But look, Zach Levine can do it and, and then, go between his legs. Then Rick Barry did it, and then it's like, oh, the white boy Red, did Red, it. Red, Woo! Red, Rick Barry. Yeah. Then, and then, like, who the white boy yeah, did like, it? Like, <laughs> you know? James White and, went under the legs before. And then, you know, yeah, like, and then he does he between, under the legs. He did two hands from the windmill. <laughs> like, yeah, but but see, that's what I'm saying. So after that, like, I can't go back and look at Dr. J and say, all right, when someone's done did it with behind the back, and they like, he done, I'll he say done, this. He Dr. done capped J- it off. <laughs> Dr. J did it in Chucks, which was, that's hard to do. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You, you, I always say this. You respect, you respect your forefathers, but at the end of the day, the forefathers got to respect evolution also. You can't say, Bob Cousy can't say, because he's a Hall of Famer, eight-time champ, and say, oh, I can take anybody from 2020. Uh, well, additionally, I would say this: uh, if Bob yet. Cousy was able to train and come up the same way as the, these other kids, and he had the same playing field as them, could he compete against them? Uh, it's different. Okay, respect to Bob Cousy. Today you have more focused training on stuff. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You but didn't have that back then. but at the end of the day, you can't you can't <laughs> you can't say. Like, if you're a Rodman, you can't say, yeah, I'll shut LeBron James down. And then say, well, all right, first I'm going to need, you know, I need to be uh, four more inches taller. I'm going to need his trainer. I'm going to need the shoes. Like, no, no, motherfucker, now you're, you're, you're creating LeBron James now. I need, I need to be able to shoot. You have to have that argument, though. I, I need to be, like, like, I'm just upgrading this car because that was a 1980 car that's saying he can fo- beat me as a focus, 1980 car. But the focus back then wasn't, like, hitting weights like that. And it wasn't like about diet and all that uh-huh. type of stuff. So if the focus is more geared towards that today, especially with not just the league, but the teams and the trainers and everything that you're with, that you kind of have to bring that up. But, but that's what I'm saying. You can't, but that's what I'm saying. That's the cheap part of it. You can't say as a 1980s car, you can be the 2020 car, but then say, I need all the engine parts of that 2020 car and put it in my 1980 car. Well, yeah, obviously that means you're a 2020 car guy. <laughs> That's, but but the you, argument is saying you now or in your prime, in your prime, what you know can beat me now. That is not possible. Yeah, if you compare errors, you can't really do that. You can't. And that's but, why I say. You, oh, okay, so back to Bob Cousy for a sec. I'll give him the IQ. That doesn't change. 
So, inte- basketball intelligence. What was he? Five, six, what? Five, what? Six, what? Talking about intelligence. I don't care. Physically, well, no. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. But, uh, but that's all I got. Like, you got to remember, how many under, how many under six foot guys are actually Hall of Famers? One. Uh, <clears throat> I think there's only one. Tiny Archibald. Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. Isaiah was 6'1"? I'm sure he's 5'11". Isaiah's like 6'1". Um, it's tough when you get into basketball height. <laughs> I forgot. The, no, no, no. He was... Tiny Archibald. No, Tiny is like 6'1", isn't it? He's like 6'1", 6'2". Just saw him on Friday. Yeah. He's not no fucking 5'10". Who, who's your guy? What is his name? He came off the bench. I don't know if it was for Houston. Hmm. But there's only one. There's only one guy. But tiny six. Yeah, tiny but, six one. That's not exactly tiny. Six one. I'm saying under six foot. There's only. I think there's only one. I just said he was six one, right? I know. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't know. We're doing. Research. We do our research on the <laughs> he spot. Doesn't, he doesn't know. By the way, dude, yeah, my bad. To so do you ever? Do you ever? Like try to pull up old archives. Like of stuff that we filmed, or no, just like. There, there was a, there, there was, I've, I, as a, I've always wanted this, especially today, right? We always have the comparisons of who's better, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, right? Jordan. Yeah, facts. But no Same. one, but no one gets to actually see it. Mm-hmm. There's no highlights. That, like you have the highlights, but no, there's no real, like, because the internet's moved now, so we get to see everything Kobe, LeBron's doing. You know, like Bird and Magic and all these guys, there's no, no one's put a package together that highlights, that shows, boom, here we go. Like everyone knows the, all right, we got the 60-point game, we got the flu game. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we can, if we want to do something. But no one's ever had any highlight reels, like, of these guys. So we can sit back and say. Even if you made that, it's like a no-win argument. But it's still, you get, but you get to argue better. Well, the crazy thing are those those cuts where it's <clears throat> Jordan that that blends right into Kobe, right? So it's a it's a fate it, like it's a left handed yeah. fade turn and it's like Jordan starts and the Kobe pivot, finishes and because it, it, yeah, he, yeah. he mimicked the move. Or they just show MJ on a like a fake and a pull up and it goes right. No, I'm just I'm just wondering like from a highlight standpoint, it's just it's just one of those things where all this footage, like you know, Will Chamberlain in a hundred point, it's. Someone recorded it. Where's, where's this? I guess the NBA, who's si- ha- NBA does have their like. They said, who's sitting on all these archives? I think stuff like that. If it's like NBA footage, it's a little harder for us oh, to God. do something with it, just because they own it. And even if you put it up afterwards, you're putting yourself at the risk of like copyright. Do they actually? Do the NBA actually do that? Uh, if you monetize it, so you don't want to monetize anything that's like NBA. Okay. But imagine this, if there were cameras or more footage of Bazin at the Rucker or like Venice back in the 70s, 80s, the Drew, you know, when Yeah, that's what's like, like Shake Cotton, like the myth of Shake Cotton, like you guys haven't went after his high school footage? Not, not too much. I don't even, some of those guys, it's tough to even know who to ask who has that content. Mm. The high school should though, because their game footage, I'm sure they bank that. Look, like, that's what I'm saying, school, like, yeah, they, that's they what I'm saying. Like, you games, got, yeah. I mean, you got Shea Cotton, you got 
like a big legend here is Tayshaun's Prince's brother. Um, was it Thomas, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Prince? Okay. They said he was the only one that used to give Paul Pierce problems. And I'm like, you know, you're like a Hall of Famer. Like, I want to see this. I want to see this footage. Like, I want to, like, you know, you have all these guys you hear about that never made. And it's like, man, where's, like, not now, because every time I'm on, I'm watching, I'm like, I see Zion. And then I'm like, I remember Shea Cotton. Like, where's the footage of him? Like, yeah. so we can see, like. <laughs> you know what I want to see is the guy that got the spot over Jordan on the varsity team. <laughs> Let's see footage of that guy. They said he wasn't that good. Yeah, he was just a big. He was just they a big. They needed a big. Jordan was a guard, yeah. So. Now, that clip actually probably would do really well. Which one? Given what happened. The guy? The guy that took over his spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the guy. Yeah, this is the guy. This is his highlight reel. <laughs> That'd be shitty. <laughs> Another internet legend. All right. So let's take a break because we got a couple of things to get into speaking of highlights. But first, I'm kind of hungry. You hungry, Gil? Sure. Now, the good thing for us, there's a way to get some food. So we're going to put it in order right now because it's getting later in the day. And any time of day, you can get some food with Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., all that sounds great. Or even ibuprofen at 10 p.m., you Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and they offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need anytime you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, even on holidays, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. So it's fast. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. So we love to tell people to download apps. Mm -hmm. We got another app for you, if you haven't already. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. So there's no guesswork. You see it on the way. Now, we have something special for our fans, as we always do. Okay. Let me see this one. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download that app and use the code. No chew. There it is. So $100 for a week of food. I already know what I'm about to do. Or just one big meal. <laughs> That's the code no chill for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code. No chill. All right, let's order. You know the best thing about Postmates? Mm -hmm. I replaced the girlfriend. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I, could just, I could just have my, my food brought in. I did that. Because I know you don't cook. And a chef. I got rid of both of them mm -hmm. for Postmates. Serious. True story. <laughs> True story. I don't, <laughs> what I need you guys for. I don't need you to run to go get me anything. I got personal drivers. You still need that, that love. But Postmates, they got love. All right. You, need, you love I where your food Saved comes myself from. a lot of money. So now I got to erase Postmates, then download it, add my thing in so I get the $300. Mm -hmm. Smart. There it is. Smart. Smart. All right. Well, we're back. And what we wanted to talk about was the idea of highlight culture. 
he said, if you watch other guys play, you use those highlights to, to put those moves in your own game. If it's, if it's D-Wade, I think the all-time great highlight in the move is the Sham God, right? Legendary. The, the one of one of one of. Oh, you said the move. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that one move. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But or if it's a Euro or wherever you see it, but players can learn from those highlights. But also, when all you do is watch highlights, that's going to leave something short in your game. Have you heard of anything like that? Has that been the feedback? Um. Not really. I think. I think especially with like coaches and stuff like that out there, it's. Stop paying attention just to the highlights and get better at basketball. I think if you're serious in any sport, you're not just going to watch the highlights and try to do whatever's mm-hmm. in the highlight. I think you're going to try to build that foundation first to get to the point where you can possibly do that in a game. Because I think most people, if you try to do something in a game, like when you were younger, if you try to do something stupid in a game, what would happen with your coach or? Oh, oh no, I've been yeah, I've, I've been I've been subbed out a whole lot of times <laughs> because I tried some stuff I see. Like remember back then, it was a. Uh, um, the Jam, all NBA Jam. Oh yeah, it was NBA Jam cassette VHS tapes. Yep. That they have. It was just all highlights, and I used to just write all the moves down. Kenny <laughs> Anderson. Oh, I'm about to shake him with the Kenny Anderson, and then go out there and try it. And it didn't work. Like, man, what did he do? And then I got to go watch it, and okay, and then try it again. So get your ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's what's funny? The true true story. So my younger son, Alani. He sits there on his, his brother's phone watching your highlights. So he's watching all these moves. And then he was like, when I play, I'm going to hit him with this, and I'm going to hit him with that. His very first actual game, tip ball comes. Sure enough, he wraps around his back between his leg, spins. He's, he just got the ball. He spins at half court and then just chucks the ball. <laughs> the rest of the move. Cause you know, like in like in highlights, you see someone do a move and then they chuck it in the stands. He that's he did it. He did the move, boom, 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 and then chucks it. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? What what are you doing? And then he's looking at his brother. I did it. I did it. And I'm like, oh, sub him, sub him. And I nobody want to see this shit right now. And it was just the thought of it. I was like, oh my god, I forgot. He was just sitting there all night just watching because it was his first game. So he was excited. I'm gonna get my first game. And like he's like looking at the moves he's gonna do. And then. Went out there for the first time, caught the move, and just like, everyone was laughing, giggling. I was like, yeah, appreciate that, brother. (laughs) Well, also, or in your mind, you see these, like a skip to the lure, skip to my lure, or something like that, and you think you can do that, and then you go in the game, and you might visualize yourself before you get into the game, but there was never that moment in the game that it actually happened for you. Because, you know, most of, Highlight, like that's what I said, you know, like you said, you know, if you're true about basketball, you're not focusing on highlights, right? Most highlights are usually a creative thought. It's not something I was actually planned for the most part. Um, it's just a reaction or a creative thought. Like I, I was just, um, I don't know where I seen it, but it showed DeRozan when he was in a fast break and he tried to do the 360 dunk. Mm-hmm. And you know, in uh, Team USA. Yep. Yeah. Last year. It was just a blank thought. Like I don't know if anybody's ever tried it since, but it was just something that he tried at that moment. And I've seen someone else who did. He did the East Bay in traffic on two people. And but that's what I said. Uh, highlights gives you that 
I think it gives you the bravery of trying to like, you're like, oh my God, look, did you just see what he just tried? Like I've seen some stuff and I'm like, like I didn't even pull that off. Like that, that was amazing. Like I know I can't mimic it because everyone has to be in the same, <laughs> the same space, but it's just the reaction of the thought process of what this guy was doing at that moment. I think that's what intrigues highlights that, you know, someone tried it, someone did it, someone creative more than you actually tried some stuff for the first time. Now it opens up your mind of actually trying something you've practiced. I think that that holds a lot of value in that question too, just because if you miss that East Bay dunk on two people, or if you miss that 360 dunk, you're getting subbed out Mm -hmm. and you're getting yelled at and you're probably never going to try to do that again, especially if there was an audience because you're going to look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, I think in that, that sense like a lot of it kind of works itself out in that sense sometimes the the things i have gotten though is like this kid was playing so good until you showed up like he was playing with this team and <laughs> that's from a coach was, uh it was from a brother an older brother of a player i followed in high school he's like yeah he was playing so good until you got here and now he's playing like super flashy and getting the crowd involved and everything so i've gotten that sometimes and which it's is understandable good. <clears throat> I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, you know, this this game, sports, just entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's, a, it's about entertaining people. So if you can entertain within the game, within the offense, that's what makes you more valuable. So if he was playing team basketball until you came and now he's being a little bit more flashier, he's tapping into something anyway. Mm-hmm. he's tapping into something that he normally wouldn't do because someone showed up. Well, the thing about those players, too, is they're not just going to do it in a close game. Yeah. Like, if they're destroying somebody, like, yeah, they're going to yeah. act a little different. But if it's a close game, they're not trying to do anything. Like, same thing, like, if it's a close game, you're not going to try to do a fancy dunk. You're just going to go, like, yeah, up yeah. or do a quick two-hander because you know it's going in. Like, I remember when um, when Lute Olsen came to see me play for the first time. I was so nervous that, I mean, I mean, I had 30. I had 30. That's just, <laughs> we didn't say you didn't perform. But I was averaging 50 at the time, mm. and it was a horrible 30. Like, when I say horrible, I actually shot 30 free throws. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can just imagine how bad I was playing <laughs> for me to have 30 points and shot 30 free throws. So I was just like, Playing normal. Wasn't, I wasn't flashy. It wasn't, you know, just playing normal. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm going to. But it took away my, my swag. It took away everything that f- I made those guys in high school fear me for. Like the nonchalant, don't give a fuck. I'm just going to come out here, bust your ass. I was, I was corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, just go and play the right way, pump fake. Okay. Uh. And then. Corporate. I've never and, yeah, yeah. Cor- I, was corp- I was a corporate <laughs> basketball player. Basketball player. And then for uh, purposes. And, yeah, and then when Coach Olson left, um, his assistant, who was actually the guy who was recruiting me, I was like, like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, he was like, yo, he was like, no, you did fine, trust me. Like he realized, look, you have the ability to get anywhere you want, you have the ability to get fouled, you did great. It's like I fucking played horrible. Next game. Someone's getting that 55 piece, I swear to God. <laughs> Next game, 
55. I was throwing it off the backboard in traffic. I was doing all kind of wild shit. <laughs> but that's what send loot that tape. But that's what I was but that's what made me fearless that I'm sitting here like I'm not doing the stuff these kids was doing, but the swagger I came with. Like, you know, I'm so I walk over as soon as the game starts, walk to the coach, say, "Look, he got about four minutes of playing time, so you get ready because I'm going to bust his ass. He's going to have like three fouls, so get your little sorry ass in. Then I'm going to destroy you. I, you know, I used to do that. I came in running shoes. Like, I'll come in Adidas, the Adidas uh, shell toes. I played in all that. The illusion is what, what helped me. Like, if you ask anybody in the Valley what shoes Gilbert Arenas wore, they're like, man, that fucker was coming in like shell toes and uh, 95 Air Max. Because it will, the illusion is what I was giving everyone. Like, like I'm not ready to play. Like, I'll be... <laughs> during tournaments, I'll play like I'm, re- like I'm studying reading books and shit. Didn't. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, oh, I'm that nerd. Like, you know, like, like I'll sit there, fold my leg, and play like I'm reading, like I'm deep reading some In shit. Deep thought. Yeah, like a deep thought. So when they're like, yo, who's that arena's kid? I'm like, oh, the guy, the, that fucking guy really fucking nerd. And then, like, come out there and bust your ass for 60. You know, I, like, like I was just a showman, all, just everywhere I went. I was just this. And also adding elements of misdirection so they couldn't really predict what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, you know, it was just the whole part of, you know, just the, that, that, that show. You know, mm-hmm. so if a kid seeing you come in and he changed his whole game, like to me, I would like, I want to see it. I, w- I want to see what your brain taps into. I want to see the greatness your brain decides to do. You know, because you don't really know what you're capable of until someone pulls out that camera. Yep. You know, that sometimes that camera is what forces a player to say, oh, shit, everyone's watching. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I want to see what your max is, what you're you're gonna max out at, you know. Like, if there was no camera on um, Lamelo Ball, will he be shooting from half court? So he, we wouldn't even know he has that kind of range unless someone said, with him possibly, because we've been filming him since he was like mm-hmm. this big, and there was there was a point where he was playing. I think he was like eleven. 12 years old he was maybe like five feet tall mm-hmm. at the most and he was chucking yeah <laughs> everybody like there's a there's a screenshot i did that i sent to my team the other day because i was i was looking through the footage and like he's literally at the guy's like hip because he was like six seven uh-huh. and he's like trying to run after him and play defense on him and then as soon as he got the ball no joke like he was so small he had to like do one of these <laughs> like a larry bird shot and he was chucking every time he got the ball from like 30 feet out so with him, I would say maybe he probably would. Yeah, but that's that, that's what you love. But like you can see, like right now, that same player who was who was testing his limit there, you see him now, and like I, I seen like highlights, and I, I got word when he was going toe to toe with Trey Young. I mean, a seventeen-year-old kid. I mean, every. Every bucket he scores at UCLA boosts his ego that much further. Every time he goes to the Drew, every shot he makes on pros takes him. And that's what happened to Marvin Bagley. He goes to the Drew, playing against these NBA players, dominating, scoring 20, 30. He's sitting there like, 
Like, why am I, why am I going back to high school again? Yeah. Let me just get, the, let me just go ahead and just hurry up and try to get the. Because if this is, if this is NBA players, even, even if they're not in shape, I'm, I'm, I'm okay still. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm all right. I, I had to, and that's what, that's what got me my swagger for high school. I go to UCLA. I like. I probably was their, f- one of their first like high school kids. Mm-hmm. Not because I was like good, it's because I was a nag. I was annoying to them. Also, well, Rico, we were there a couple weeks ago, and Rico said, "Gil, how long did you wait to get on the floor?" Fucking two years. <laughs> <laughs> like I was there every day in the summer, like from when the pros were not there, just the college kids at that point. And then you know I'm just sitting there out until the last run. And I'm like, all right, I didn't get in there, and I did it my my ninth grade year, tenth grade year. The end of my 11th grade year is when I got it, and it was on accident. It was because they were hurrying up and trying to start a game, you know, because it was waiting. Everyone was kind of late. So it was like, yo, hey, come on, you know, come and play. Um, and I was going against Ray for Austin. It was like, come on, just, you know, like play within your means. And I'm like, all right, within my means. Like, like <laughs> do what you do. Don't do anything, you know, because you see everyone here. Okay, do what I do. Got it. <laughs> First seven times down the court, I shot that shit. <laughs> you know, I had six. I had six. I had six. The score was six for me. And then, you know, they're just looking at me like, like, uh. And I'm like, oh, at the end of the day, if I average thirty something in high school, I'm pretty sure I'm on this court right now. I'm the only capable scorer to shoot every time. You know, you know. And then my swagger of hitting shots, talking shit, just went out the room. And then from there. I never wanted to pass when I was at UCLA. But if they picked me, they already knew. Instant buckets. We're going to get the young kid. Instant buckets. That's, the, that's instant buckets. So Mitchell Butler, yo, GA, come. And what's so funny, that relationship that I made with Mitchell Butler that summer of picking me when we was in the NBA, and he was that 16th guy. That 16th guy became 12th guy. No, 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 no. Mitchell, I got you. Hey, organization, that's my guy. Pick him. You know? Now I'm giving him a job just like he got me a job. Mm-hmm. Like, to him, it might not have meant that he got me a job, but you picking me that day helped my confidence to the point where I took over the valley. You know? Like, because at that point, it was, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I know I can score. You know, I'm not ranked. I know every time I went to like tournaments, I bust whoever's ass, but I still don't have that name. Mm-hmm. And then I go in and, you know, and this confidence that you gave me to show that I can play against the pros really gave me the idea that, oh, I, maybe I can make it. You know, maybe I can make it to the NBA one day. But that's also back to what Matt was talking about, more or less being afraid of the moment or really what you say, be unafraid of the moment. So if there's a camera on me, if there's a coach to recruit me, if there's a pretty girl in the front, whatever it is, you, you have to be ready for that. And I think kids are more so. I guess that rule never really changes in sports, especially at the high school level, because kids are going to get nervous and they're unsure of themselves. But now kids are more aware of everyone's got the phone out on. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I don't want to get dunked on. You, I don't want to get crossed over. You have better game. Like, <clears throat> I, 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 I say it's more show, more, they're more ready now because, yeah, Coach K comes into the gym. And you know how, like, when a college coach came in or a pro guy's there, you had the nerves. You will make more. 
you would make the kids more nervous than a guy that's LeBron James or Coach K. Because the film, the film is what the whole world sees. Yep. They don't see they don't see what LeBron's seeing or what Coach K is this baller's life is just, oh shit, let me Oh. <laughs> All right. If I'm if I get on a fast break, I swear to God, I'm gonna go between the legs behind the back 360. I'm gonna try that shit, you know. And that's that's what happens. Like, cause I see it, I'm watching. Like, like how did he? Like, I literally watch. Like, how did that? How did he pull that off? But that is that is amazing. I just like I would never have tried that shit. Like I would like the stuff I see kids pulling on your I. Most of that stuff never crossed my mind, and it's just like, and I, and that's why it's so intriguing to NBA players watching it. But at the same time, you didn't have social media, so it's like if you had social media, and you're trying to build yourself up on social media, you want to do that because then you can now put it on your account and say, "I did this." Yeah, yeah. So, so but there's even like, there's, there's a couple different ways. About but it. even like I remember, I put a highlight. Like I put little highlights on mine, like people send me, and I and I post it. And I'm like, this shit is whack compared to this shit. <laughs> like I literally, like, yeah, this shit is like horrible. <laughs> like, this is horrible. I mean, these kids now are making people fall. Like they're dropping kids. Like like I was watching Jen, like James Harden, Kyrie. They're just dropping. Like I, I didn't like like I was shaking people. Like was I just too fast for everyone that I didn't actually make anybody fall? Because, like, Kyrie... Just, like, well, I would say, actually, not to go, like, say, like, back in that day, but people now look for that. You probably see that. Like, guys don't want to get... Didn't want to get crossed over or whatever now. But we didn't even know that was coming back then. To where now is, like, who's going to who's gonna touch earth right now, right? Who's going to... Because the, these guys make a name for themselves doing that. Oh, no, 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 no. no. And they came to the run. We were, like, I mean... Iverson had the crossover mm-hmm. that made people move. Um, but there weren't camera phones. There wasn't YouTube. No, but he was an then. NBA player already. So, but you don't you don't learn from the college kids who's making people shake. Like you don't you don't get to see that world. Um, that's what I said. Is like when I, f- like I literally was watching a game and I watched Rondo come down and do the dream shake on a fast break, mm-hmm. and the guy flew and he turned around, made the layup, started laughing. I literally went in the gym practicing that move. Like, uh, uh, oh yeah, got you. <laughs> like I'm sitting here, that simple, that simple move, but it was like for the first time I seen it going full speed. Like, you know, Dream doing it like he's running and guys chasing him and he just, huh. And I'm like, I need to put that in my repertoire. So <laughs> if someone's like chases me down somehow, I'm going to hit him with that. <laughs> like, like, like it's just, it's just the weirdest things, but it's crazy how, Simple highlights are that can enhance someone's skill level. But now, even we, we talk about, I think I'm going to put, try to put my finger on it, but I think the kid that is sort of the total package of all these things coming together from social media to, to other highlight accounts to actually having the talent and also being having a name for himself and being popular, I think the first one you might notice, Sharif O'Neal, because he comes in with a lot of pressure on him because of his name. He had like a million followers in high school, which is kind of insane. But we know you. I don't know. Only he can. You can. You, actually, this is your those first. High this school, is a question of you. Celebrities like, in the social media era with all the platforms between. I mean, he's major on like your highlights, or 
he's big on Instagram or, in, or Twitter. I think the difference between Sharif and maybe somebody like LaMelo Ball is LaMelo Ball is like the guy that's got multi-million followers and he's 17 years old, like you said, and his confidence is so high. Whereas Sharif has all the followers, but he's active with his followers and he's, he's active with other team, other, other teammates or other guys that he's played with. And he's also active like on uh, the other platform, Twitter. Like I don't see too many of these young guys very active on Twitter. He's super active on Twitter as far as like commenting on stuff or just quoting things or even sometimes talking about his dad. Mm -hmm. That's something that I see that's different. So like, yeah, I think as far as like a total package and putting it together and thinking about it more as like a brand, Sharif is definitely up there. Whereas LaMelo just has it like there for him. Yeah, with, with Sharif, I think <clears throat> he was he's he was more of a late bloomer in the social media world. Like his talent, like I don't, you know, his junior year, I think he started coming along his senior year. Like right now that he's playing against pros, his game looks 10 times better because the space is open. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his he's tapping into his jumping ability, his body. So he's one of those late bloomers that in high school, he probably wasn't ranked top 50. I, I don't think he made McDonald's. Um, I think he was top 50, but he didn't, he didn't make McDonald's. He didn't make McDonald's. He, he, he misses this first year at UCLA. I'm pretty sure... Next year, with his confidence and what's going on, he can probably leave after next year. Yeah, I would have said coming into UCLA, because he was originally supposed to go to Arizona, he was a one-and-done. No. No? I don't, think, I don't think going into UCLA, he was not going to be a one-and-done. What do you think? Because you've seen him progress from... I think one-and-done is hard. Yeah. I, it's for, it's for, really for, about how they perform in college. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But you got to remember... He wasn't a McDonald's. He wasn't really that big yet. He was a McDonald's. He was a Baller's Life All-American. He was a Baller, yeah, Baller's <laughs> Life All-American. What I'm saying is so he wasn't – I think the Sharif we're seeing now is the evolution that if he went to college, we would have seen the glimpses. I guess he – If he played some, last year in college. You mean. Yeah, we would have seen glimpses of him. He would have probably averaged 10, 12, and we would be like, okay, maybe he's going to leave next year. Well, he had this whole year off. He had this whole summer to work out. Now he's testing it. Now he's showing, I'm dunking on NBA players. I'm dunking on grown men. Going to college this year, which would be his rookie year or his freshman year, I think he will dominate it in a sense of he's going to show all of it because his, his, his palate is open more than it would if he would have just – went from high school to college. Now he, he's done hit pro stuff. Well, also that's confidence. Yeah, but he's done hit pro stuff, which he didn't have access to last year. So he hit it this year, getting ready for the season. So I think his palette now is more open, which will actually help him dominate for him to enter the draft. But if he, just, if he was healthy last year, I don't think he didn't have the confidence to actually tap into what he's tapped into this year. Um. Which is which is which is a different thing. Like like Zion, Zion last year at the end of his senior year wouldn't have been a top. He wouldn't have been a top ten NBA pick coming out of high school. He wasn't ranked top five. You give him shit thirty days, forty days of college experience and 
<laughs> lifting and playing with the college guys, and then your first exhibition, woo! <laughs> what is this? This is like number one pick right there. Like there, there you go. Like, like like the first game of college basketball, we're like, oh, number one pick. Yep. That the forty days. That's what I said. Forty days changed perception. If he would have if he would have left out of high school, wouldn't have been a top pick. Forty days later, number one pick. And even if he was a top pick, does he perform like he just did in that first summer league game out of high school? Wait, are we? Are, are you saying that summer league game was amazing? I mean, he came out there, and I think he showed glimpses of like what he can be. I'm still. I don't on, think. I don't think he played enough to say it was amazing. I'm still on the, like half I, the game. I, like. I, I see the I've seen the I see the evolution of what he's supposed to be, and the more they keep him from it, the longer and harder it's gonna take for him to be there. He's not a center like they opened him up at, so they. I don't know who's running management or coaching. I'm just gonna go out and say you're stupid, because the ideal of you putting him at the center. So he can play against a center and think, oh, if he's at the center spot and the center's got to guard him, we can have him run around the center and, woo, it'd be easy for him. No, that's not how, that's not how it works. You know, um, he still have to shoot over the center, which the center kept blocking, blocked the shot, blocked layups, blocked it. Yeah, yeah the, the guy is six inches taller than him. Like, what do you expect? Like, his advantage is not a power forward. Not small for it. His advantage is shooting guard. 6'6", 6'7", 245, 240, shooting guard coming downhill. That's where the God is at. Mm -hmm. That's where he is God-like. You have a 42, 44-inch vertical with a strong body coming down, coming downhill all the time at you. Well, he can't shoot. Well, Dwayne Wade couldn't shoot when he first came in. You learn. But no one stopped Dwayne Wade from hitting the goddamn basket. I publicly said, publicly, I don't have to worry about Dwayne Wade because he can't shoot past five feet. He scored 40. <laughs> didn't take Ball one. At the rim. Yeah, didn't take one jumper. <laughs> I was like, shit. Glad I didn't have to guard him. <laughs> that was Larry Hughes' job. But Good teammate. But, but that's the, like, that's his advantage. You, you're, 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 his body is a shooting guard. Mm -hmm. um, he's too heavy. Like I sent a picture of him. They took a picture of him. He's sitting on the bench. I'm ashamed. Like I wanted to post it and and say, if this, if they keep this up with him, he's gonna hurt himself. Because we've never seen. They keep saying it. We've never seen this kind of body moves and flies. Correct, which means no one's ever seen this type of weight jump up and come down 82 games. Yep. So you can't not allow this kid to stay at this weight because if he stays at this weight, the chances of him getting hurt is very likely. One of the things that uh, a dunker that we work with he played at UOP. His name is Myrie Bowden. One of the things he would always tell us, because he's had like a 50-inch vertical at one point, 
he said getting up isn't the problem it's when you come, come down, down. Mm-hmm. and it, it like hurts like your joints yeah. your knees your 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 feet like everything like that so yeah i mean being at that weight coming up and down for 82 games is a lot different than the college season because they said every pound every pound you mm-hmm. weigh every time you jump up and come down is six times your weight mm-hmm. you know so you know, he's ba- when he's forcing down, he's basically have 800, 900 pounds on his knees, you know, at his weight. And that's why I said it's very important for him to be at the 245, 250 area, mm-hmm. you know, to like, like if you look at, you know, LeBron and he laughs at everyone like, oh, you, I'm 265, ha <laughs> Like, because he trims down. That's why he stays fast. Because you got to remember, by nature, you pick up weight. So... He makes sure he stays thin and lean. You know, if you look at Kevin Love, every year he's been getting leaner, you know, to keep him mobile, to keep him faster. You know, I used to tell Dwight that, like, you have to shed muscle if you want to get your explosion back. Mm-hmm. Because the more weight you the, the more weight and muscle you put on, it's just gonna hold you down. You don't wanna jump with that kind of weight. Get lighter to get your explosion back. So when I'm looking at this kid and I'm looking at him sitting on the bench, I don't know if it was a bad angle or not, and I'm just sitting there like, that is not what you're supposed to look at or look like right now. Like, I'm pretty sure he's 300 pounds right now. You think so? That much? That's that's (laughs) the word on the street, but I've said this to you, Gil, already. That when you get to the pro level, you have enough people around you. Like you have postmates all day long. You have you have dietitians. You have people big. that within the organizations. That was yesterday. <laughs> people within the organization that will take care of your diet, of the food you eat, of how you train. Yeah, that's bad. That's the angle. <laughs> that's the angle. That's the angle. That's the, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's not the angle. That's what I'm saying. It's just. Mm-hmm. Like I, I when I remember when I seen the video, I was like, "Did he get bigger since college?" But the point of it is, he's got to be committed to it to take care of his body. No, no, and, no. But then he also has the support of the team that can stop. Be- the NBA is not ran like fucking college. You are a professional. You take care of it yourself. Like I, there's this like that's what I said. Training. And feeding NBA players, they're not babysitters. So they're not going to, like, when you think, oh, I'm going to get to the NBA level and I'm going to be trained and trained. No, you get your own fucking trainer. Like, we're going to have practice. What you do after practice, be an adult about it. So if you want to sit there and eat Krispy Kreme donuts all fucking day, that's not our problem. You know, and that's basically how it is. So if he gets to the NBA and he eats whatever he eats, which is 21-year-old food, he's not going to be sitting there... Thinking about a chef and getting all that, that, you know. But it is their problem when they pay him and he's their franchise player. What rookie have you, what rookie have you ever heard has a chef? None. Okay. You think LeBron <laughs> he needs came, one. You think LeBron came in with a chef? You think, no, they don't know that. But like you said, Kevin Love, great example. Yeah. After he got to what, he his fourth ate year? Himself in, out of the league, but his no, four year, fourth year into the NBA because he was picking up weight because the NBA, you pick up weight. Like, you got to remember, it's 82 games. That means 41, not, not even 41 flights is what shit. Damn near tripled. You got to remember, if I play tonight, there's no Whole Foods that's open after the game. I'm going to get on a plane to go to the next city. Plane food, when I land, hotel food. How many Gatorades did I drink just sitting on the bench? 
It's a lot like, of sugar. Mm-hmm. Like I played forty two min I played forty two minutes a game. Forty two forty two minutes a game. Jumped on a scale and was twelve pounds heavier. And I had to sit there and think like, wait, 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 hold on. Like I took off the clothes, got on there butt naked. <laughs> like but with my whole uniform on, I was in two thousand five, six, I was two twenty four. Playing 42 minutes a game, working out three times a day. So you know what kind of shell shock it hit me with. Like, I, was, I became a, a, a female at that point. Like, wait a minute. Like, I'm jumping on a scale every 20 seconds. Like, ah, ah, so I'm trying to figure out, like, what am I doing? So I told the trainer, yo, pay attention to what's going on because something's happening that I, I don't realize. And it was my Gatorade intake. That I'm playing 42 minutes. I'm intaking eight Gatorades on the bench. So what, what, what we had to do is we had to pour out, you know, like 75% of the Gatorade and add water to it. So I can at least keep a little sugar to sustain me and then, you know, still be hydrated. But, you know, I had to sit there and do that and my weight dropped. But, you know, it's just like, so him at, you know, at 19 years old, being in the NBA, that means you're all by yourself. You're not college. You're by yourself. With an NBA lifting program, he can't like I, I, he can't touch any weights his whole basketball career. Because if he has a football body, that means any weight he touches buffs him up. Yep. So that means he's gonna always be on lean muscle tissue diets. He's gonna be on a diet his whole career. So the his like being great is that's that's number two right now. Like, being great is number two. Number one, that's going to be number one his whole career is keeping his weight under control. One bad summer, one okay summer, he can be 320, 325. I mean, think about it. Yeah, I mean, the thing. One summer of just lifting. Just, I'm going to be Greek. Like, he can't, he can't pull a Greek to freak. I'm going to lift and get bit. He can't do none of that. But Matt, you know this about it. He is a worker. He is a gym rat. As you, as you've seen him throughout the past couple know. years. I didn't. I wasn't out there filming him as much. It was guys on the team. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that does like to work and get out there. Um, but yeah, I can't personally attest to that. <laughs> but that, that, that's good news for yeah. for Pelicans fans. No, but what I'm saying, like, we're gonna. That's what I'm saying. But it's being a worker and understanding. Your surrounding is one different. That's what I said. The NBA does not teach you the elements of the NBA. And, you know, as a player who played, I can say I gained 12 to 14 pounds playing 42 minutes, working out three times a day. I think one of the things I learned as I got older is when I was younger, I used to wrestle, play baseball, play football played everything I could eat whatever I wanted mm-hmm. but then as I got older I realized like how much your diet has to play in that stuff mm-hmm. so like you're saying you were working two three times a day working out but you still gained weight yeah I mean I noticed that same thing as I got older too so yeah like your diet's gonna have so much to play into that yeah so to be 19 years old being on some strict diet that's what I'm saying I already I already know what the NBA is gonna do with them they're going to put a weight clause in his contract. And any contract he has, there's going to be a really big weight clause. And I'm, I'm pretty sure 
they're going to have it in the 245, 250 areas. I mean, that's that's the only that's the biggest concern. After that, shooting guard, star. He's he's very unique and different. What, like like the, any, uh, unlike anybody we've seen in a long time. What? Zion. I don't know. The, uh, you know. Ball is life. You know, it's just been promoting a lot of highlights. So we've probably seen the undersized four man mm-hmm. that had a forty-four inch vertical. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's what I. The last thing I want to get out on here is what I noticed with Ball Line. Really, how you I, I, guys kind of registered with me was marketing beyond the, the footage and the highlights and you know on youtube or, or twitter or wherever you might see it is the marketing where you see players now with t-shirts with socks with bags with shorts gil's got a shirt on i got shorts on right now and that's such an integral part of how you grow the company and where you guys are um so just let us know what was what was the the strategy there and how has it grown in the past few years um i think early on the idea was always to have like some sense of like apparel because i think when I made our first shirt, like in 2007, it was a short run, but when you put on something that's like your own and like, like ball is life, the meaning of it at the time, like I used to hoop like every day, mm-hmm. uh, going to LA fitness and everything. You just have fun with the game. Like putting on that shirt that says ball is life to me meant a lot. And I felt like it could mean a lot to other people as well. So I think early on, we wanted to create that sense of community with what you're repping. But at the same time, it allowed like our fans to support us in a way while we're giving them something tangible to, to wear and rep off the court. So for us, it was like, how do we stay away from just relying on advertisers in everything we do? Because advertisers many times can also influence like the direction of your business if you heavily rely on them so create something that looks good has a great slogan to it and people are going to like to rep and at an affordable price and see what happens um i think it's worked out pretty good so mm-hmm. far i mean a lot of a lot of people are are changing their business plans to to mimic a lot of it that are kind of in the space outside the space um i just think it's the easiest form of of marketing too with with your brand because for me it's like when you look at the numbers prior to us dropping like apparel people had watched our balls life videos like a billion times or something like that so it's like they're familiar with the logo mm-hmm. they're familiar with the brand you come out with something people have been watching your content for eight ten years it's not like you're coming out with something mm-hmm. brand new you're, you're coming out with something that they already identify with like oh i know that i know balls life i know that logo so it's easier for you to, to, to do that. So that, that's kind of the reason why, why we did it. And then we try to do our best to, to keep the brand like similar across every single platform too. like having that almost like a brand code of ethics so that when they see something that's either apparel content or whatever, they just know that's Ball's life. Who, who is the, who is the best player you filmed? Because you you said earlier that you know when you were going through you know tape so that means you watch a lot of tape mm-hmm. who is the best player you've seen that no one like he might not be up there but because you've seen so much film on him you know okay he's probably the 
my personal favorite has always been Drew Holiday. Mm. And the reason why I like Drew Holiday is because when I used to watch his games, he played both ends of the floor equally as hard. He, I've watched a game where he literally, for most of the game, he wouldn't let them go past half court. Like That's how tenacious he was on defense. There's been games that I've watched him like the night before at a tournament, Clay Thompson had like a breakout game uh, at the Ocean View Tournament Champions in Huntington Beach. Well, he played against Drew Holiday the next day and there was no reports written up about that game because <laughs> Drew locked him up. So I think for him, me watching him, like I like those type of players that, you know, do everything on the floor that, that you may not notice mm-hmm. in that sense. It, it almost goes back into a team we covered over the past two years, Kazi covered um, out in Arizona, Shadow Mountain. Like mm-hmm. their whole thing was defense. It was weird for us because... We've so long highlighted just offensive highlights that a team that we followed in Arizona got really, really popular with defense and steals. Like we even gave them like the, like I think somebody in the comments gave them, coined them the, the phrase, the super snatch brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause they just, I think they had like 50, 60 steals in some games. Like they were Jesus just Christ. Crazy. Yeah. Like it was, it was unbelievable to watch. So like, that's why. For me, the the best player I've watched would have to be Drew Holiday, True. just because, and, and he's ambidextrous. He can finish with the left right. or the right. right. I've seen him shoot three pointers in a game when they're up by a lot with the left hand, and like you don't even realize he's doing it until you go back and watch the film. And you're like, did you just shoot that left handed? You know what's so funny is he is. There's a reason he made the All Star very early in his career, and then they got rid of him because they didn't want to pay him. <laughs> you know, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up that, you know, you have this guy who's sitting there with this ability. Like, if, if you're a real hooper, you understand how valuable, you know, Drew is. You know, he possesses defense, offense, and he creates his own shots. So mm-hmm. he's a go-to guy. And if they looked at the Pelicans playoff run that year, and they're like, man, why does... Drew Holiday have 40. How did he score 40? Because he's he's the go-to guy. So when they need a bucket, you know, Anthony Davis doesn't create for himself. You, you got Holiday who who does all that. So that is a great pick. Like I just I just be wondering because I didn't get, you know, when I was in NBA, I didn't get to see players like like Westbrook. So it's like how do you have this dominant force in the NBA but he wasn't highly recruited. Mm-hmm. You know, um you know, I just, you know, I, 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 I ask those questions like, what is, what is everyone missing? Are they just developing just so late, you know, versus someone else? You know, it's just, I just never understand stuff like, like, how does he, you get so dominant here, but, you know, in high school and he was like, okay, like a Zach Levine. Yeah, exactly. Zach Levine is a huge, that's, I was actually just going to bring him up. Like he didn't go to McDonald's. He didn't go to Jordan Brand. He came to the Balls Life All-American he killed our dunk contest afterwards. And then he had a pretty good season at UCLA. It was a lottery pick, but nobody thought he was going to be that in high school. But he didn't he come off the bench in college? Um, he was a six man. Yeah, I think yeah, he was a six man. Yeah, he was because I remember it was funny. I went to the Arizona versus UCLA game, right? And then I noticed him had nothing to do with dunking. I had somebody like, oh shit, that's Gilbert Arenas, right? And that that was like he's like, oh shit, that's Gilbert Arenas, right? So he tells another player, and then when he came in, fast, he just yeah, no, like man, he's shooting up 
shooting threes, boom, 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 right? That's all I noticed. There was nothing else. Just noticed that. So someone was like, oh, man, did you see the highlight of the kid from UCLA? Uh, UCLA? Like, man, the shit he was doing on the pick and roll, dunking through the lane. So I'm thinking it's number four, the shooting guard. Like he was a two-foot jumper. And I was like, well, he looked all right in UCLA. <laughs> so they show me the video, and then you have, you know, light skin coming, boom. And then, they, you know, he does the pick and roll and then comes between the leg, like on, you know, during the drills. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, is that the – I said, did he come off the bench this year? He was like, yeah. I was like, I watched the layup line. He didn't fucking dunk in the layup line. <laughs> what the fuck is this right here? This is like a fucking Westbrook. And then I was like, I don't know what the rest of this draft looks like, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be one, two, or three. <laughs> because if I'm a GM and this is my raw talent right here, a 45-inch vertical, 6'7 point that can run and shoot, I'm, I'm going to lose my job picking him. I'm sorry. That's One, one quick funny story about Zach is when he was at our game, we had a practice – and then we left the next practice as like, if you guys want to come, we can we can go to the gym and go practice. He like demanded that we have practice on the mm -hmm. second one because he wanted to get his shots up mm -hmm. for the game the next day. And I get, I think that's just like the type of person that that Zach is. He's just that guy that wants to get in work and wants to get better. Like, that, he that, has the raw talent. That's here. what I'm saying. You can you can see the improvement of his game. Um, me and I, I DM, we DM a lot, and um, I told him, I said, when he started off the season, I said, you have to tap into your greatness. Um, I said, it's a mindset. It has nothing to do with your skill. Your skill is showing right now. You're averaging 30-something. You know, I think it was like 29, 31 at that time. It was like the first 10 games of the season. I said, mentally, you have to tap into your greatness. I can't tell you when it's going to come. It's going to be a play that puts your mindset on a whole new level. It might come this year. It might come next year. But when it comes, remember, you tap into your greatness. You tap into dominance. Because there's times where you're, you're dominating and then you float back. Mm -hmm. And you think about everyone else. Once you tap into your greatness, you're going to realize that there's nobody in the NBA that can actually stop you. And once you start thinking like that, it'll translate. And I think to, to answer what you pretty much just asked the question, I don't think we actually answered it. But was, No, he did. He said uh, but, but Drew Holiday. The thing about, no, 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 about <laughs> Zach, um, what it was about him, and it's about a lot of guys, is the way that they develop. And if you're a late bloomer or when it all clicks for you mm -hmm. from a confidence standpoint, from a skill standpoint, from a growth spurt, or for him, I think it was the coordination. So he had this raw leaping ability, but to get a consistent jump shot. But he did. He had that, right? He had that early. Jumper yeah. in. Yeah, he had. He's pretty good. Yeah. Like, does that. He shot. He, like he was a – I'm not going to bullshit you. When I first seen him, I thought he was like Clay Thompson. Just this fast, fast-ass kid who was quick and fast – and can shoot the shit out of the ball. Like, I looked at him like, okay, that's the guy that comes off the bitch and shoot the shit out of the ball. And I'm over here like, no, watch the shooter, watch the shooter. <laughs> like, I'm over there saying that. So when I seen the highlight, it was like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. Like, it really, like, like, that really shocked the hell out of me. Like, like, 
Like it was one of those things where they're like the UCLA, and I'm looking like, wait, <laughs> rewind. Like this is ten, like ten. This is the NBA work. That's like this is the NBA workout. I'm like, hey, I didn't see this in a layup line order. Like, <laughs> you know, in the layup line, you can tell like, oh, motherfucker, woo, like woo, like no, he's just regular layup, shooting his jumpers, like fucking regular layup, like. Now I'm pissed off. Like, I should be pissed off. Like, yo, hey, no, you should have showed that shit in the layup line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, it happens. Yep. You know, it's, it happens. So what, Drew Holiday is your guy. Okay. What we see and what we love to see is guys develop and become great. And I think where you guys are at that entry point all the way to, you know, throughout the NBA, throughout their career, and to see them put it together. So guys like Drew, guys like Zach that you saw that you were in on early. And I think we can get out on this is what you guys do is really great for the game because you do it in an organic grassroots kind of way that you always have that mentality. I think that's what we've learned about you here today. And then I think that's why players, you know, vibe with you is because you tell their story in the right way. You're never going to really sell it out. Uh, has it's, any, it's a cultural thing. Has any college teams or NBA teams hit you for scouting? Like about scouting because the fact that you guys are at every game every big game and you guys are actually filming and have highlights and have your eyes will be better than 99 percent of everyone else who's like actually scouting players so i'm just wondering like has teams reached out or college teams reached out to have real scouting on this person like hey what do you actually think about this player no? No. Well, most people see us as just a highlight machine. See? Yeah, but Gil no. just created a vertical for you. <laughs> but, 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 but think about it. Like, if you guys are filming every person all the time, you guys will be the best scouts. Yeah, like you yeah. brought up Trey Young earlier. One of our guys, Brad in Texas, filmed him from when he was like before he got into high school all the way to when he ended high school. So See, who, so you would you would have person to ask because I guess people look at highlights and think, oh, they're not that good. It's a highlight, but you got to remember, someone's actually watching the film to give you these highlights, so yep. they would know a fake player versus a real dominant player. Yep. You know, and coaches in college <laughs> catch up. There it is. But also, ball is life is everywhere. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like they cover all the ground. So that's I mean, but that's been, like full full story yeah, here is the reason have... that Matt is here today is because we connected with Kazzy since the Big Three mm -hmm. Combine in Vegas, and he's been at every. He goes to both week both games on the weekend for the Big yeah. Three, which think of the travel for that. And he was in in uh, the practice on Friday yeah. when you were shooting the, the four point challenge there. Uh, and walked out of the gym on it. Yeah. And then he's at the games on Saturday. He was the pregame. So you guys really know we are everywhere. You know, ball is life for, for, for you and for everyone that works, you know, for the company. Yep. Ball of life scouting. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm a college coach, I'm going to, like, because, you know, that's what I said. It's college coaches are hit and miss. Like, you can hit and miss on real talent, right? Because... If you come to a game and that guy just has an off night, it happens. And he has an off night and someone, like, 
gets the best of them. And now you highlighted this player and you pick him and this guy becomes a star. And you're like, what the hell happened? Because you haven't watched enough of him. Yep. And then there's always, and then like as a basketball player, you know, there's always one guy for some fucking reason has your number. He might not be good, but against you, he plays like he's Jordan. Yep. And a coach can come to that game and Jordan, <laughs> this Jordan-like player against me, goes to this big division one and they're looking at me like, oh, you're not as good as I thought you was. Like, that's just the guy who has my number. Yep. Ag- against me, he averages 30, shuts me down to five. The 99% of the other players he plays against, he averages four. <laughs> that's the player you just gave a scholarship to. You know, it's just, it's just, that just happens. Like my guy, he, he, he never let me come past half court. <laughs> he just, I he just drew couldn't get past you. Huh? He drew holiday to you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Every game, every game, every NBA game. It just, just frustrated me. Just fuck. It happened. But every, and as Marcus Banks. Not on any defensive team, wasn't an all-star, wasn't a star, didn't play a lot, was a, tr- a journeyman. Shut me down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but every other defensive player on any other team, I gave him 30-plus. And this one guy who was built, like he was built just to stop me. Just, just you know. Just... Everyone's got a nemesis. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, so it's like, if I'm a co- college coach, I'm going to come to you for the real report on a player. Like, they real, like, like I'm looking for the next best thing or solid players or a two way player or some guy who's asked. Like, you see it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you see, it, like, I, I, I have, you know, a thousand hours on this guy. What do you need to know? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's surprising. It's sad, too. <laughs> Sad. Put it out there in the universe. Might yeah. come back. Ballers life yeah. consultants. Yeah. Ah, yeah. college consultants, baby. Here time. comes Duke. Same time. All of us are so busy. I don't even think we could. Oh, time. Duke in Kentucky going to pay you big money for this. Yeah. One. Million dollar consultant fee a month. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, they pay they pay some suck offs to 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 do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in. Oh yeah, your shooting form is a little bad. You know, just took you. Okay, that'd cost a hundred thousand. Like, <laughs> go, to, go to the guys that actually live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Ball is mm-hmm. life. Matt, thank you. Right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Always thanks for the cool gear too. So oh, thanks sure. to Cassie for hooking this up. And yeah, hey, no chill. Ball, ball is stuff. ball is life. We gotta get on that level. Yeah, huh? we gotta get on that level. Merch, merch. Yeah, we learned some things from you too. I don't want to compete with our guy. No, no, no. Collab. 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 Let's do it. it. (laughs) No chill balls.